0: reading this morning is from the gospel of Luke chapter 15 and reading from verse 11. Luke chapter 15 and reading from verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that the younger son got together all that he had, set off for the distant country And there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to the citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, "'How many of my father's hired men have food to spare?' And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to the father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. He heard music and dancing, so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. "'Your brother's come,' he replied, "'and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound.' The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, "'Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and you never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends.' But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted car for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Okay, well it is uh, Father's Day and uh, for some of us, uh, it may feel like Father's Day every day. Uh, Steve's very kindly, uh, given us the, the, the football schedule for day, today, and, uh, you'll realise you can come to the worship and, and not miss out on the football. How, uh, fantastic is that? <laughs> or not, maybe. Maybe you've come to church to escape from the football, and you think, oh no, Richard's mentioning football. Well, well that's it, I'm not gonna mention it again. But, uh, it seems like Father's Day every day and you're really pleased to know that I found this website called 27 Dad Jokes We All Secretly Find Hilarious 27 Dad Jokes We All Secretly Find Hilarious and I thought I'd share them with you (laughs) my daughter asked me who the best band in the 90s was I said it was all a blur to me My son asked me to take him to hospital because he had a large red mark on his face. I said, let's not make any rash decisions. When my wife told me to stop impersonating a flamingo, I had to put my foot down. My son asked me, how does a penguin build its house? I said, he he glues it together. Wind turbines, I'm a big fan. You're pleased to know, I'm not going to share all 27 with you, but you check out the website. You check out the website. 27 dad jokes that we all secretly find hilarious. But because it is Father's Day... Uh, We're going to be looking at this parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. Now sometimes we look at the parable of the prodigal son and uh, we identify with the son, uh, the younger son. And uh, many of us can identify with the younger son. Sometimes we look at the parable of the prodigal son and we identify with the elder brother. And uh, some of us can identify with the elder brother. But because it's Father's Day, I thought we'd look at the parable of the prodigal son And we'd concentrate on the father in the story. There was once a man who had two sons. And of course this man was a father. And of course this man in the story, in the parable that Jesus is telling, is a representation of our heavenly father, God. Okay? So we're going to be thinking about the parable of the prodigal son, but from the father's perspective on Father's Day. And this first part of the the sermon is interactive. Ooh, there's a few. Uh, I thought you'd be pleased about that. It was a few kind of ooh dear kind of looks. So uh, we do need a little bit of participation, okay? Because we're going to be thinking about first of all the foolishness of the father, the foolishness of the father. And you might be thinking, I'm gonna say it, Richard. Didn't you just say that that the father in the story represented God? And now you wanting to talk about the foolishness of the father? Are you suggesting that God is foolish? Wait and see. Well, the first foolish act of the father. What was the first foolish act of the father in this parable? What was the first foolish act of the father? Anybody? What was the first foolish act? giving him the money you're right on the money Peter (laughs) father give me my share of the estate what a foolish thing to do older brother's thinking dad's finally lost the plot we might be thinking that too there was a man who had two sons the younger one said to his father father give me my share of the estate so he divided his property between him What a stupid thing to do What a a ridiculous Thing to do I don't know what your family's like But my family's a bit like this Uh, Especially when my children were young The children would go to their mother And ask them for something And uh, if it was something silly Or ridiculous uh, Mum would say go and ask your dad Knowing full well that I would have No problem whatsoever in saying No, you can't Mums tend to be a bit softer don't they uh, and, and and children work that out And so they go to their mums and say Can I have this, can I have that I had no problem whatsoever in saying No you can't go to that party No you can't have money for this No you can't stay up an extra hour No you can't, it didn't come as a problem to me I found it quite easy to say no This father, son comes and asks him For half his estate Doesn't even Doesn't even enter into a conversation He just gives it And splits it between them What a ridiculous, foolish thing to do. It was never going to end well, was it? Giving this younger son half the estate at his age and at his opportunity in life. That was the first foolish thing that the father did. Henry Newman, the, uh, the Catholic priest and uh, prolific writer of books, says this, as, as a father, he wants his children to be free. He's explaining perhaps why he acts so foolishly. He says, as a father, he wants his children to be free, free to love. That freedom includes the possibility of their leaving home, going to a distant country and losing everything. The father's heart knows all the pain, all that pain will come from the cho- that choice, but his love makes him powerless to prevent it. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? Anyone who's been a parent will know the pain as well as the joy of bringing up your children. Sometimes you know that the decisions that they're making are foolish decisions. And sometimes you do feel powerless to stop them. And this is the case in the story of the prodigal son. So the first foolish act was uh, to give him the money. What was the second foolish thing that the father did in the story, do you think? What do you reckon was the second foolish thing that the father did? Never giving the penalty to never not celebrating the older son while he was with him all that time. Awesome. Okay, hold on to that thought. Might come back to that later. I'm taking it chronologically. So what's the second foolish thing that the father does? Welcoming the younger son back. Welcoming the younger son back. Yeah, welcoming the younger son back. Um... And in particular, here is a clue from the picture. Uh, he runs, he sprints, he makes a fool of himself. He he puts aside the dignity of uh, of the head of the household, and he rushes, runs out to meet this son who has wasted his father's inheritance but while he was still a long way off his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him foolishness ridiculousness this isn't how dignified fathers acted in Jewish culture they were serious people they were the head of the household. Whoops. What about the third uh, foolish act to the father? You got a little bit of a clue then if you saw the picture. What was the third foolish thing that the father did? Well done. Well done, yes. Gave him a party gave him a party. Now, you don't have to be the older brother to work out that this son had done absolutely nothing to deserve uh, this party. He froze the younger son. What sort of lesson is that? What sort of lesson is he teaching his son? Oh yeah, you, you know, we, we could come up with all reasons why he shouldn't have done that, can't we? It was a foolish thing to do. What's the younger son going to think? Oh yeah, do that and, and you get rewarded. Don't reward people for their for their uh, failures. We might say, "What a foolish, silly thing to do!" Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive; he was lost and is found. And again, uh, Henry Newman says this. I realize that I am not used to the image of a God who throws a big party, and maybe you are not used to that image either. Um, it seems contradictory to the solemnity and seriousness I've always attached to God. But when I think of the ways in which Jesus describes God's kingdom, a joyful banquet is often at its centre. I don't know whether you've got this image of a God who's a party animal. A God who throws a party for people who have messed up. I'm guessing that isn't. Uh, the predominant image that you have of God in your minds and maybe in your hearts. The foolishness of the Father. Foolishness. Maybe. Paul says something, doesn't he, about the foolishness of God. He says the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Paul talks in uh, in the first chapter of uh, 1 Corinthians about the foolishness of the gospel. The foolishness of the gospel. Uh, he mentions that word several times. He talked about the foolishness of preaching. Um, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. And of course, for the message of the cross is foolishness. To those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. So is God foolish? Well, yes. By human wisdom, he seems to do some things that are very foolish. But as Paul says, the foolishness of God is much cleverer than human wisdom. And sometimes we have to enter into this foolishness. We sang, didn't we, in in one of those songs, It's foolishness I know. Dancing. Making a, a fool of yourself in the house of God. But some of us don't mind doing that. Foolishness. Maybe that's something we're called to enter into more rather than less. So the foolishness of the Father is the first thing that I want to talk about. And then there is... The faithfulness of the Father. You like this a bit more. The faithfulness of the Father. That sounds a bit more sound and and correct, doesn't it? The faithfulness of the Father. The faithfulness of the Father. But while he was still a long way off, his Father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. The Father demonstrates his love. Uh, He was looking out for the Son. He hadn't given up on his son. There's a song that has as its chorus, his love never fails, his love never gives up, his love never runs out on me. We have a God who is faithful, who puts that faith in us. And the father puts his faith in the son in giving him his share of the inheritance. One of the things the father was doing through the faithfulness of the father, he was allowing space for the son to learn. And God will allow us to go our own way. He will let us make a complete mess of our lives. And maybe the father in this story knew uh, that this son would never appreciate all that he had at home until he was taken away to the far country. It was only when he'd lost everything, when he'd spent everything, that his mind suddenly started to wander home, and he realised what he had left behind. It's funny, isn't it? Sometimes you don't realise what it is you have until you've lost it. I've not had a great week this week. Um, I've had a few problems with uh, with my car. Uh, I couldn't get it to start on Monday morning, and uh, I sent for the breakdown people. And uh, after waiting an hour, the break that man came, and uh, he looked at the car. and He did a similar thing to me. He scratched his head, and he, he tried this and he tried that, and he, and eventually he replaced uh, something in the ignition where the uh, a, a big piece. And he said as he was putting it in, he said he says this isn't cheap. And you know when, when, when a mechanic says this isn't cheap you, you know he it, it means it's going to be very expensive and he, he put the part in and, and it worked and I, and I handed the, the cash over and, uh, and and he went away and uh, later on I got into the car and uh, lo and behold it started but none of the uh, the, 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 the speedometer wasn't working the, the, the petrol gauge wasn't working the, the, uh, the, the revometer wasn't working and so I phoned them up again I said maybe he's done something because none of these things are working uh, two hours later he came back and uh, sure enough he, he, he fixed it but in, 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 in fixing it he undid the uh, battery and I didn't know that when you undo the battery uh, your radio goes back to factory setting and you need the security code to make your radio work The car's 17 year old It it, it belonged to me dad Do you think we've still got the code for the radio? And so I've been driving around all week Without a radio And you suddenly realise How much you risk the radio When you're in the car Took it for granted all the time I had it But not having it The car seems very quiet I have to sing to myself We don't realise What we've got Until we lose it And The younger son only realised all the things that he had at home. He realised now that the servants that that his father had at home uh, had a pretty good life compared to where he'd got to. And sometimes it's only when we've lost everything that we realise what it was that we had. The faithfulness of the father allows us to go to the distant country to learn difficult lessons. And then thirdly, We've had the foolishness of the father. We've had the faithfulness of the father. And thirdly, is about the forgiveness of the father. The forgiveness of the father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Peter Scazzaro in his book, The Emotionally Healthy Church, says the father does not tap his foot and say this better be good nor does he simply wait on the porch. He runs and throws himself on the son before the son can finish his prepared speech. He cuts him off and declares in effect you are my son. Then the unimaginable occurs. He kissed him. No other religion describes a God like this. He re- reinstates his, father, his son's position of authority by stripping off the old, torn, foul, smelling clothes. The father then throws a joyful party. The message is powerful because the father represents our heavenly father. God dances with his shattered, broken child. God dances with his shattered, broken child. The forgiveness Of the Father knows no limits. The forgiveness of the Father is always available. The forgiveness of the Father overflows in abundance from the Father's heart. He cannot wait to forgive his Son. Is that the picture of God when we come before God and we confess? Do we know uh, that the father longs for us to return home and interrupts the son in in the middle of his confession? The son's got his speech prepared. He's been working on it all the way home. And before he can even get it out, the father interrupts him because he's so overjoyed. The difference between mercy and grace, according to Max Lucado, mercy gave the prodigal son a second chance. Grace gave him a feast. God wants to give us a feast. He doesn't treat us as we deserve. He's not that stern father waiting for us to slip up so that he can punish us. He longs for us to return home. And when we do, he throws a party. Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Quick. Do you notice that? There's an urgency. There's an urgency that that God wants this to happen quickly. And the symbolicness of these things that he does for his son. Bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. You know, people that don't wear shoes. You won't find many people in this country not wearing shoes. But if you travel abroad, if if you go to some third world countries, you'll find it's the poor people in the world that don't wear shoes. And in Jesus' time, it was the slaves that would not wear shoes. And Jesus says, put sandals on his feet. Remember, the son was going to come home and have a place as a servant and the father wants to reinstate him as a son. We see something similar in uh, in Zechariah. He says, uh, so the angel said to the others standing there, take off his filthy clothes and turning to Joshua, he said, see, I have taken away your sins and now I am giving you these fine new clothes. He gives him the robes of sonship and reinstates the son. To his rightful place. The forgiveness of the father. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. The forgiveness of the father extends to the whole of his family. He wants everybody to be included and everybody to be part of of this kingdom feast. He doesn't want anybody to be left outside. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. This is the older son who had remained at home. This is the older son who had been faithful, but this is the older son who served the father grudgingly. There was no enjoyment in the service. And the father invites the elder son to join in with the party as well. It's God's party and you are invited. But the parable ends not telling us whether the older son came in or not and it ends like that because it wants to end with a question mark and that question mark is will you come and join in God's party or will you stand on the outside and that's the invitation that God the Father offers to the whole of creation to join in in a kingdom party, in a kingdom feast. And so, the forgiveness of the Father, there are no limits. There are no limits to God's forgiveness. There is nothing that he cannot forgive. And there's an urgency in that as soon as we make one step towards God, that's it. He accepts He doesn't want us to grovel and to continue to ask forgiveness for the same thing over and over again. We could have had the forgetfulness of the Father in relationship to his the way that he looks at our sins because he forgets them. We struggle, don't we? We cling on to things. And hold on to things. The forgiveness of the Father. So there's the foolishness of the Father. Yes, there are many things within this story that appear from the outside and from our position. And certainly from the elder brother's position. To be absolutely foolish. God is a foolish God. The faithfulness of the Father. The faithfulness of the Father in that he never ever gives up on us. However far we might travel away from him. He is always looking out for us to return. And when we do, he rushes towards us. It's important to notice that movement, that God moves towards us. Our movement is very often away from God. God is always moving towards us, making it as easy as possible for us. And then the forgiveness of God, the Father, the forgiveness of God. We can experience that And that releases us and that enables us to take up our rightful position as children of God. So let's enter into the foolishness of God. Let's enter into the faithfulness of God and let's experience the forgiveness of God in our lives.